Welcome to WKJP News Radio, a division of Tessio Brothers Incorporated. I am your host, Jordan, here with my bodacious wife, Kayleen. This is the podcast where we talk about the 90s sitcom News Radio. I know too much, and Kayleen knows too little? Enough? What no, do you think? I would say nothing. I mean, I've seen four episodes, five episodes now. Today we'll be talking about season one, episode five, Big Day. But it's not a big day. <laughs> I don't think we've had a big day lately. No. I maybe dreamt it was a big day. I don't know. I'm okay. Are you dreaming about the podcast yet? I'm sure you are. I am. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is like your third child. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of work on it lately. So one thing you might oh, notice right I away. Know. I know. I remembered. Okay, Jordan, it okay. is a big day. Yes. It's a big day because we are using a new microphone. That's what I was going to say. At the top, you might notice the sound quality day. is better. Yeah. And that's because we have a new microphone, courtesy of our sound engineer, Uncle Keith. Thanks, Uncle Keith. It's also a big day because we have officially released our podcast now on to the information superhighway. That's correct. And so people are listening to this now and they're letting us know they're listening to it. We've already got some listeners. We've I got know. some followers on social media. It's a big day. We have gotten some very kind tweets and I, emails already from people. I can't people. believe that there's people listening to this. They like it despite the terrible sound quality of the first few episodes. If you are still here with us, thank you. We appreciate you. It means a lot. I assumed no one would listen to this beside my mom. And even her, I wasn't sure about. It depends on whether she can find a podcast right. or not. <laughs> I showed her Spotify. I, I downloaded mm-hmm. Spotify for her or on her on her phone. Now, Kayleen, how do I play Don't Stop Believin' by Journey? <laughs> I made a playlist for her. It's called I'm a Rocker. Oh, Mom, I'm sorry if you're listening to this. I don't think you are, but I'm sorry if you are. She's a rocker. She is. So it's a big day. We've got a new microphone. I'm very happy about it. I have had some people complaining about the audio quality of it already. Yeah. I hear you. It's not great. We were I using... hear you. You don't hear us. <laughs> the problem was you didn't hear me. Right. My audio is, was especially bad. So... Well, you always think you're louder than you are. Yes. Even and... now, you could get a little closer. Okay. So yeah, we have a new microphone. That's pretty exciting. It makes me feel more legitimate, and it's going to be a lot more forgiving in editing. Editing is has been really hard. I know. But... I know. It's exciting. I'm just excited there's anyone listening to us and that we are good enough for anyone to care what we have to say. I mean, interesting enough. Yeah. There are no gatekeepers. Like That's what's that's just, <laughs> that, that is just crazy to me. I guess like, that's remarkable. I, I mean, neither of us has much of a social media presence. I guess I do more than you. But it's just yeah, it's crazy you can just make stuff and put it out there and people all over the country. Well, world global. We're not global yet. I have been looking at the statistics. We don't have anybody outside the country that I've seen yet. Well, if you're I, an international listener... I have relatives in Canada. Have they listened? I. You tell me. You're tracking. I'm saying no, they haven't. It would say show up as Canada right. if they did. Canadian relatives, you know who you are. Canadian listeners, get at us. <laughs> Kayleen, what have you been watching lately? Um, I have been watching Frasier. I don't know why. I got it into my head that I was going to start watching Frasier. I think it's just because it's on Hulu and it's easy. And I put it on while I'm doing other things around the house. Um, I started in the middle of 
the series and I just kind of went through them. I'm not, I'm not even really watching it. Can you I, count it as watching it when you just have it on? I was going to ask whether you're actually watching them in any order or if you're just picking favorite episodes or you're just throwing one on to have something on in the background. Totally or... the third. Okay. I'm just putting it on to have something on in the background. Like even the other day I was watching it in bed and I fell asleep and I think I went through three episodes. Lulled by the sound of Kelsey Grammer's voice. The dulcet tones of Dr. Fraser Crane. Yeah. I just really like that show. It's a good show. Yeah, you don't have to tell me. Um, what else have I been consuming? No reality television this time. None. None. The Bachelorette is done. I have opinions about Katie the Bachelorette. I doubt anyone listening to this cares about those opinions. But if you want to know what I think about the Bachelorette, Email us at WKJP and email me your questions and we can do a little chatteroo back and forth about who she picked. Do you still like her? Not as much. Uh, I knew how much you liked her. I do like her. I, I, I don't love the guy she picked. I'll just say this. I don't think it's going to work out. Shockingly, I don't think that when one woman dates 30 some men on television, knows them for less than six weeks, gets engaged... I don't know that that's the best way to start a marriage. Not even when one of their group dates is going around in a circle and having everybody say something they've never told anybody. I mean, I would I would enjoy that on a date. You know, everyone should do it the way we did it, Jordan. Date for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> yes, date for eight years and then propose to her. That's, yes. uh, fellas, I would not recommend it. <laughs> it worked out okay. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> Anything um, else? It's okay if you have less. Oh. You often have more, but... Actually, I do have one thing to say, but I don't know if you will allow me to say it you can on say the whatever you want. I just might cut it. That's true. Uh, we've been watching Twilight. The Twilight Saga films. Yes, and, we have. And uh, I have not been the one to suggest them. It has been Jordan. We've watched three Twilight movies. In fact, last night we were supposed to watch a horror film, but Jordan decided that we needed to watch Eclipse. Okay, I don't know that we were <laughs> supposed to watch a horror film. I think I gave Kayleen the option. So I don't even remember how we decided to watch the first one. I think we saw that it was on Netflix, and did you suggest it? You did. Okay. I, I suggested it jokingly, thinking you would never go for it, and then you did, and then now we're watching them, and I'm, I'm confused. So we've talked about this a little bit before, but uh, there's something really nice about watching something that just does not ask anything from you. And these are movies that do not ask anything from you. I, I think we had gotten some takeout and we're just going to watch a movie and I just wanted to watch some sexy trash. <laughs> and and I mostly... you call it sexy trash. It's not even... Like, it's not sexy, right? It is... No. Less sexy than I thought it would be. It's not sexy at all. It's actually, the, as we're watching it, Jordan and I just keep saying to each other how abusive and manipulative and terrible all of these relationships are. Everyone's horrible to each other. That can be true, and it can also still be sexy. <laughs> According to who? I'm a, little, I'm a little scared that you think this is sexy, but it's fine. I mean, all these shirtless guys. <laughs> I can't deny. I mean, shirtless guys in cutoff jeans. I think that does more for you than me, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so we've been watching Twilight. I don't know if any of this is going to make it in. I might cut it out. <laughs> You're going to be too embarrassed to keep it yeah, in. Yeah, I might. <laughs>
So I have a couple things for what have I been watching. Um, one that I wanted to recommend is the Tim Robinson Netflix show, I Think You Should Leave. I've shown Kayleen a few sketches from this oh, show. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're so weird. They're very weird. God, they make you laugh hysterically. Well, I don't show you the ones that don't make me laugh. Right, but even the ones that make you laugh hysterically, I'm so confused. I know. So I tried to watch this show when it first came out, and there is a lot of scatological humor in it that I just like, that just turns yeah. me off. It's not my thing. It's yeah. not funny to me. So I kind of got turned off from the show. I went back and picked it back up again, and I just, I did that with the mindset of, okay, I'm just going to ignore the stuff that doesn't make me laugh. Like, not every sketch is going to hit. It's like SNL. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm going to give it a try looking for the ones that do make me laugh. I did show Kayleen a few sketches from it. So the one that made me laugh the most is the Johnny Cash sketch. That which, one did make me laugh. That was funny. Which, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. I showed her the tables sketch, which did not make her laugh at all. I mean, I understood why it was supposed to be funny. I just did not find it funny. Did I show you any others? Those are the two. Okay. Those are the two that make me laugh. Both so. of those made you cackle. Cackle, yep. With glee. That, for some reason, just... It's so stupid and so silly, and that's what I liked about it. If you do enjoy that show, there is an episode of the Netflix series The Characters featuring Tim Robinson, and it's basically like a prequel to that show. It has a lot of good characters that he comes up with, and you should check that out as well. Uh, the other thing that I was just going to say was, so I've been watching Star Trek with our oldest, yes, and he seems to like it. We started off by watching The Trouble with Tribbles, which is an original series. I, I picked the silliest one I could because he has no tolerance for dramatic tension whatsoever. Right. If, you know, even slightly bad things start happening, he's he says it's too scary and runs in the other room or demands that I stop playing it. So we did The Trouble with Tribbles, and that has been pretty good. We watched it twice, and we've watched a few other Star Trek episodes. Actually, it seems like the original series is even more dramatic and scary to him than some of the the Next Generation episodes. Which seems really silly to me, because the original, I feel like the makeup and things are so much sillier and ridiculous looking. But he's told me a few times that he was excited to watch Star Trek with you. So yeah. I know this is your dream come true. <laughs> I think to our grown-up eye, the makeup and the sets and uh, the special effects of the original series look way cornier. I think to a kid that just does not register that way. Yeah, I, I think he doesn't even really understand. He barely understands the difference between the two series, despite the fact that they looked completely different right. to me. Well, they're not like anything he's ever watched. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So we watched the episode The Most Toys in the... Next Generation, which is one where Data gets kidnapped to be part of a collector's museum, and he was really into that. Oh. So, I'm really excited. I have a kid who wants to watch Star Trek with me. I know, that's why I said it. It's your dream come true. You're getting to raise yourself. <laughs> getting to? <laughs> You're having to raise yourself. Mm -hmm. The gypsy's curse was has come true. The prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs> I wanted to do just a little bit of housekeeping at the top. I want to talk about uh, where to get DVDs. So one of the problems with our show is simply that news radio does not really seem to be streaming anywhere. I mean, I already had DVDs from 15 years ago when I bought them when they first came out. I was able to buy the entire series for $20 
on Amazon. So if you do want to watch it, it is a little bit of money to drop, but really, if you get every episode ever made, that's 96, 97 episodes of News Radio for $20, that seems like a really good bargain to me. Alright, so let's get into the episode. This is Season 1, Episode 5, titled Big Day. It aired on April 18th, 1995. This was directed by Alan Meyerson, uh, so the first one that was not directed by James Burroughs. It was written by Joe Fury, Brad Isaacs, Josh Lieb, and Paul Sims. That's interesting that it aired on April 18th, and their big day was on the 19th. Mm-hmm. So they clearly planned that. Mm-hmm. But then I'm sure, as we'll talk about, when it comes to big days on April 19th, it's kind of... Um... Yeah. So, Kayleen... One thing we did on the pilot episode that I think was helpful was to kind of set the stage about what else was going on in culture. Sure. So I want to do a couple of those as well. So we did the number one song in the pilot episode. Right. I want to do that and a couple of other things. Okay. So we have a new number one song. So Madonna's... no, don't make me guess it. (laughs) Madonna's... What was the song? Uh... Madonna's Take a Bow. Yes. Was the number one song. Uh, through these four weeks. We have a new one, and I want to play it for you, okay? This is how we do it. Do you know that song? I love that song. <laughs> you do? I don't know anything about that song, but like, I, it like hits my brain as, oh, yes, you're in middle school at a dance, Kayleen. <laughs> and you're was... on one side of the gym, and you're looking at those boys on the other side of the gym. And you're not going to talk to them all night. <laughs> and that's how you do it. And that's how we do it. <laughs> yeah, that was Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. Yes. Yeah, that song to me, I remember I remember that song coming later. So I remember that song being on the radio later than this, like six months. But as a clueless 10-year-old, I probably got my, my musical culture six months later than the rest of the world that's did. That's probably true. <laughs> so... The Billboard Hot 100 number one song was Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It. Do you want to guess what the number one film at the box office was this week? In 95? Oh, so many. I have, no, I, I have no clue. Was it a comedy or a drama? And as we all know, those are the only two genres. Well, I mean, like, it gives me something to narrow it down. It is a action comedy. Um, Mighty Ducks. Is that a you comedy? know that there are other movies in the world besides Mighty Ducks. Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> is that an action film? <laughs> action comedy. Do you think it's a movie I've seen? I doubt you've seen this movie. Oh, okay. Then this no. movie is Bad Boys. Oh no! Starring uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, directed by Michael Bay. I think it's less well known actually than its sequel, Bad Boys Two. But I don't know these movies very well. No. I like to think I know a lot of movies from the 90s, but no, I don't know that one. The main thing I know about Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2 is that they get referenced in the movie Hot Fuzz, one of the Cornetto trilogy with um, Simon Pegg. So we watch, so like Shaun of the Dead is the first in that trilogy, okay. and The World's End is the third in that trilogy. The middle one is Hot Fuzz. Uh, I think you and I only ever watched the first and third ones. I watched the second one by myself. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you what the number one fiction bestseller was that week, because I'm sure you don't know. Do you know anything about the Celestine Prophecy? No. Okay. That feels like that was one of those books that, like, every mom had on their shelf. I feel like I see, like, I, that, that 
those words yes they seem like they mean something to me but i don't know what uh, i remember seeing it on the back of the toilet in my parents basement bathroom and i remember the word prophecy scared me <laughs> <laughs> i wish i was joking my mom read a lot of like the world is going to end in 1996 and here are the like 10 biblical right. signs that prove it so i was very scared of that stuff anyway and then the fact that there was a... Th- and you would keep a prophecy on the back of the toilet, as one does. Yeah. And actually, it's, I did not know it was a novel. I thought it was like a self-help book or like a power of now. Kind yeah, of I like thought it was all... Of, I thought it was that too until now. World spiritual awakening kind yeah. of thing. I guess not. Let's get into the episode. Yeah. All right. The recap of this episode coming from Wikipedia is... The staff unwittingly confide in Dave their expectations for their annual bonus, not knowing that Jimmy has delegated the task to Dave. Also, the Wikipedia entry calls out, During this episode, pastries humorously keep appearing on Bill's desk. That is like the subplot, right? It's like a main plot and a subplot. It definitely is. So, we start out at the very beginning. Dave comes into work, and everyone is calling it the big day. This is April 19th. Uh, Dave has no idea what that means. And Lisa finally clues him in that it's the day Jimmy gives the annual bonuses. Do you have anything else to say about scene one? Well, uh, we learn that the big day is April 19th. Correct. Maybe we should talk about April 19th. Maybe we should. Well, so you were the one that told me the most obvious thing about April 19th is the Oklahoma City bombing. Correct. Which is not funny. It is bad. I remember being in school when my teachers told us about... It had happened. Do you remember that? So you would have been in what, like, fifth, I was sixth mi- grade? Yeah, I was in middle school. I remember that we used to line up in the hallway. Like, we were sitting in the hallway, like, with our backs against the walls for something. Like, lunch was over and we were waiting sure. in the hallways. And I remember hearing it from another student about how something bad had happened. There had been, like, an attack or an explosion or something. But right. no teachers said anything to us. Oh, and, really? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing images of it on the news. Okay. I remember our teacher came in and told us that, I think she said there had been an explosion or something like that. But, of course, none of us really grasped, like, the magnitude of it or Mm -hmm. what it meant. I remember the teachers, I remember feeling the energy of the teachers that they were anxious or nervous or upset about it. Mm -hmm. So, So that's the most obvious April 19th. Big day connection, I suppose, in reality. But I looked up some other reasons why April 19th is a big day. Do go on. (laughs) Would you like to hear? Go ahead. So April 19th, I find this interesting, is National Hanging Out Day. Do you know what that means? I thought that it was like, sweet, you get a day to hang out. But it's actually a day that an organization called Project Laundry created, and it's a day where they encourage you to hang your laundry out to dry. Hmm. April 19th, to save energy. Okay. April 19th is also Amaretto Day. You are encouraged to bake or drink Amaretto, bake with or drink Amaretto that day. Now, Amaretto is a type of liquor. It is, right? yeah. It's made from uh, almonds, I believe. Hmm. Yeah, it's like kind of a, has like a bit of bitter taste to it. I think it's like in coffee drinks. No, I think you're right. I think it is a type of liquor. 
because I think... I think it's a liqueur. A liqueur. Yeah, I think you're right. No, I think there's a throwaway joke on The Simpsons where one of the characters says he'll be in the bath with a bottle of amaretto. Yes. <laughs> well, like, when I was in college, I, I had a friend who would really like amaretto sours. So, like, that's a liquor. Mm-hmm. Maybe... And when I worked as a barista in college, yeah. um, for coffee drinks, we would have a bottle of amaretto flavoring. Right. So April 19th, get an amaretto coffee drink or have an amaretto sour. It is also National Rice Ball Day. Okay. Not to be confused with National Rice Day, which is June 29th. Sure. I mix those two up all the time. I know. I thought that was funny that there's a Rice Ball Day and a National Rice Day. So do you dunk the rice ball in the amaretto? You could, while hanging up your laundry to dry. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fun to look at. There there are many other things that April 19th is also. Like so, it's, it's like garlic day. Yes. I think there's no barrier to calling anything a particular day. I think if we wanted to make September 1st, National 90s Podcast Day. We could do it. I think we should do it. I think you can, I think you can just choose a day. Also, this is the last thing I'll say. April 19th is also National Humorous Day. It's a day where you were supposed to lighten up or loosen up a little and see the lighter side of life. So was that humorous or humorist? Humorous. Like celebrating the Dave Berries of our world. No, humorous. Humorous. Not to be confused with National Tell-A-Joke Day. <laughs> Which there's also National Tell-A-Joke Day. Neither of which is April Fool's Day. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I know. So I find it a little sad or ironic that April 19th is the anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing, but it's also a day where you should lighten up. <laughs> <laughs> Loosen up. It's also National Garlic Day as well. Have some garlic, have some amaretto, hang out your laundry to dry. Right. Tell a joke. And eat a rice ball. Eat a rice ball. <laughs> You're American, damn it. (laughs) It's a big day. Very good. Thank you for that. Uh, Anything else you want to call out about season one? No. Okay. So we get the credits, come back to scene two, and Joe is showing Dave something on his laptop. Turns out that he is showing him... Pornography at work. Computer pornography. What could pornography in 1995 possibly look like? You know that was pixelated. It was probably ASCII art. (laughs) Probably... (laughs) Yes. Um, or it was the kind that loads like one row at a time. Yes. So like you're waiting for it to load and you just get like one little yes. more row at the Well, time. he talked about like if you push this button, her legs move. And I was like. I think we still don't have that technology. I know. <laughs> exactly. Dave talks to Lisa and asks her politely not to wear his jacket when she goes out to get the mail uh, because it smells like her perfume. So I was also like, how much perfume is she wearing? Mm-hmm gross that it gets on his jacket and then like why would you put on his suit jacket why wouldn't you put on a coat a robe a shirt yeah a a sweatshirt a cardigan like that's his nice business suit jacket yeah that's a little weird it feels a little like possessive maybe maybe she's just spraying her perfume on it maybe um scent marking (laughs) lisa leaves jimmy comes in Jimmy tells Dave not to date Lisa. Quote, don't dip your pen in company ink. Gross. Don't punch the clock with the time card in your pants. Gross. <laughs> um, anyway, so Mr. James comes in to talk about the annual bonuses. He hates doing it. 
it's bad hoodoo. Not the not the last time we will hear Mr. James talk about bad hoodoo. It used to be the worst part of Mr. James's job, and now he is making it the worst part of Dave's job. Bill grabs Dave for a minute and says, I just have a few questions for you, Chief. Okay. Whose desk is this? Uh, yours, Bill. Right, and whose stapler is this? Look, Bill. Humor me. Whose stapler is this? Yours? And this tape roll? Yours, Bill. Why? Uh, 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 Dave? Now, whose cup of coffee is this? Yours? That's where you're wrong. <laughs> that is not my cup of coffee, nor is this my whatever the hell this is. Well, look, Bill, I didn't put them there. I'm not accusing you. But recently, my desk has become a public dumping ground for half-eaten food. Apparently, somebody is constantly leaving food and coffee and other, f- in particular, pastries on Bill's desk. That pastry was huge. That was a Jake. That was like a state fair pastry. I wrote down. I would eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if you left something that large. I mean, clearly, like if it had like two bites left, no, you're not going to eat that. But. I see the upside to being the collector of all the food in the office, personally. So now you know how easy it would be to poison Kaylee. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that was enormous. And you have to think, like, that didn't come out of nowhere. Somebody probably bought it. I know. And then I thought... The... Somebody probably paid, like, four bucks for that thing. And they didn't even eat it. And then yeah. they left it there. I know. Like, I that feels improbable to me. But I feel like Bill should not be complaining. Like, so what, you have some empty cups on your desk? You can get a whole meal every day <laughs> if you're uh, not picky. So the at the end, Bill says one of the first actual lulls of the episode. They both turn away and they come back and there is more food and pastry on his desk. And he says, it's like some cruel magic trick. Every time he turns around, there's more on his desk. I thought that... That was your first lull? Yeah, that was a funny line. Mr. James and Dave are talking about the bonuses... And Mr. James explains how he likes to do this. In general, everybody gets $400, except for one person who gets $3,000, also known as the big bonus. And there is also someone who gets $0, which he calls the shaft. I love that. That was my first lull. Yeah, Kayleen seemed to like uh, the I, reference to the shaft. I love that. I just think it was it's funny. We have to bring that back. Also, I noticed earlier in the episode, in the opening scene, they used the word stoked. Yes. Several times. Stoked. I really liked that. Yeah. We need to bring that back. Yeah. I like that as well. Yeah. It's just now occurring to me that that is probably comes metaphorically from like stoking a fire. Yes. Like just the same way you get a fire to be roaring and excited. You can get somebody stoked by like getting them excited. Prodding them. Prodding them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny to say that someone gets the shaft. I do too. (laughs) Also, I liked that Mr. James... Uh, calls the big bonus, $3,000, three fat Louis. <laughs> I don't understand. You don't think that's funny? I don't know what that means. There's nothing. I don't think it means anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that's coming out of this show is that I like made-up slang. I like very artificial, sure, deliberate slang like that. I think it's funny when someone calls, oh yeah, you know, three fat Louis, sure. <laughs> I just get confused by it. Okay. I always feel like, I'm like, should I know that? Should I know that expression? No? Is that one I, I missed? Dave says to Mr. James that he's worried that we'll incite an atmosphere of paranoia and fear, to which Mr. James responds with a Grinch-like smile that I thought was kind of funny. I just think Mr. James is a dick. Yeah. 
I, I get, I get, he's supposed to be funny, but like, I just, I don't know. He seems cruel to me. Yeah. He seems crueler now than he does later on. I will definitely say that. Mm. I think just like Steve Carell as Michael Scott in the first season was right. nothing like right. they had, Michael Scott later on. They had he, to tone him down. They really toned him down. He really softened. He was just more of a bastard in the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe that's true with Mr. James as well. I don't know. Mm. It's funny to me when you talk about like not liking Mr. James or thinking he's an asshole because... Just knowing the rest of the series, he just seems like such a cuddly goofball that it's hard to reconcile that with him being kind of a prick in these first few episodes. I just feel like he's so mean to Dave. Like, he just is constantly, like... I mean, the very first episode, you have to fire the person that you're replacing. Like, he enjoys watching Dave struggle with the whole subway train fiasco in the tunnel. And he, like, wants to eat popcorn and watch him... (sighs) Be stressed out. And Oreos. Now, right. Right. But not Oreos, because those were in two. <laughs> I remember very clearly. You hung on to that. I did. And now he's like, you're going to be the one to decide who gets the shaft. And I don't know. He just seems to be kind of like an evil puppet master. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why you like him. Yeah, puppet master is definitely appropriate here. Oh, I just wanted to call out that I had the same glasses as Mr. James. Those kind of like rounded. They're like rounded squares. They're not. But they're like wire, right? Yes, but they're like yeah. wire. Yeah. yeah. Um, those. I are think very... every little boy in the '90s had those. <laughs> those are very mid '90s yes. to me. I think mine had kind of a like green, sparkly. No. Flashy. Not sparkly, green, like pearlescent, like Ooh. rim to them. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> anyway, as Dave is coming out of the office, he bumps into Matthew. And Matthew is very insistent that he is not going to get the shaft this year. He says that he has been working here three years and he has been thrice shafted. Uh, um, that was a lull for me. Nice. Actually, I, actually, I wrote down smirk. Um, there's a lot of physical comedy about the cell phone antenna. Mr. James like backing up and backing up and pulling out the long, narrow cell phone antenna until yes. he finally gets the... Uh, now, did you notice he touched the tip? Of the cordless phone antenna. Was it a cordless phone or was it a cell phone? It was a cordless phone where you Mm. have to pull out the long metal antenna. Yeah. And he touched the tip. And when he did that, my brain exploded because I remember... Do you have this memory? No. In the 90s, when because my family had a phone like that, and you would have a a long metal antenna you would pull out. And if, if the connection wasn't good, you would hold the tip and you would get better reception. So did you notice how he was holding it? And then he was like backing up the stairs, but he had one hand over his head touching the end of the antenna. I know. I I had completely forgotten about that, that that was a thing we used to do to get better reception. I read it as just that was the way he was extending it because the like tip is a little bit wider. So you can use that to pull it, extend it out. Yes. So he pulled it out. (laughs) He pulled out the antenna but he held on to the end of it the entire time he was talking hmm. on the phone in hmm. order to get better reception. This was a thing. Did not register with me at all, but... Registered deeply with huh. me. Yes, I actually wrote it down the two times I watched it. Because I was like, and I did an exclamation point. Touching the tip of the cordless phone antenna to improve reception. I remember doing that in the 90s. Okay. Yes. I wonder why that worked. I remember someone telling me once that, like, this could be total BS. Like, when you touch the end of it, then, like, your whole body becomes. 
<laughs> part of the receptor. Say it out loud so you realize how dumb it sounds. Maybe that is true. <laughs> Maybe it is false. I don't know. I was a child. But I will say it worked. So huh. I won't question it. So now you get worse reception if you have your hand like blocking the part of the cell phone that has the antenna in it. Right. It even says that in like the iPhone manual or whatever mm. is like, don't hold it by the part that's got the antenna sure. because you're going to block the reception. Right. That's interesting. Huh. There is a very funny bit next where Matthew talks to Dave all about all the work he's going to be running around doing that day in order to make himself seem very busy in front of Mr. James. But then he confesses to Dave that he's just doing that because he's worried that Mr. James notices that he comes in late and leaves early. There's something to me that is very funny about someone going over the top trying to seem busy and important. And then also the contrast between that and just like the reality that he lets spill to Dave that he (laughs) comes in late, leaves early. Do you think Dave doesn't know that? He says that he doesn't. He's like, well, really? I mean, we're getting the impression Dave is not actually a very good boss at this point. So Lisa calls that out early where she says like, yeah, you should know the date of the bonuses. Like that's, you've been working here two months. That's something the boss should know. I actually disagreed with her on Hmm. that. I didn't think that was fair because if it's a yearly thing, if it comes around once a year, how would you, how would you know that? Yeah. Unless it was like a monthly thing, but no, it would be a yearly thing because Matthew's worked there three years and he's been thrice shafted. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it's definitely the annual bonus. Right. Yes. So I disagree that he should have known about it after two months. Well, one thing I don't quite understand was it doesn't seem like Dave got any sort of orientation in how to do this job. And maybe that was just not a thing 25 years ago that like these companies had orientation periods where you would mentors or yeah, you would go and you would do a bunch of like classes or demonstrations for a week before you even started your job. Shadow your. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Oh, I missed a lull. Matthew says at some point, I don't remember when, but Matthew says, gotta avoid that shaft. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I liked that. In fact, Matthew made me laugh the most in this episode, which I was a little irritated by because I don't like Matthew just on principle for whatever reason. But yeah, he was pretty funny. Next, Beth is going to be cracking you up. No, (laughs) no, I... Beth is my least favorite character at this point. Hmm. She's more of a prop to me than anything else. Also, I hate her way she dresses. I wrote down, Beth is wearing short shorts and a baby doll dress slash top shirt. We don't know what it is. And I wrote, that is not appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is really funny. Bill calls Dave from the booth, calls Matthew's desk to talk to Dave about the guy eating at his desk. There's a guy eating a (gasps) full paper plate of spaghetti dave goes over and tells him not to do it and he just gets up spills the spaghetti all over the desk and walks away yeah he picked it up on the edge of the paper plate like has this man never used a paper plate before yeah he picks it up like a lunatic i know and then he leaves it also what time of day is it yeah like everybody's drinking coffee and this man's eating (laughs) spaghetti in the office i don't understand yeah he has his he's just having his morning spaghetti i mean i've eaten spaghetti for breakfast before i'm not gonna lie but not at work (laughs) next scene bill and joe start off by quoting shaft in front of matthew to tease him i thought that was very funny the way they do that say joe who's the black private dick that's a sex machine for all the chicks (laughs) 
Bill, I think that would be Shaft. <laughs> Who's the cat that won't cop out when there's danger all about? Again, Bill, we're talking about Shaft. Damn right. You know, they say that cat Shaft is one bad mother. Shut up, you guys. <laughs> What's going on? We're just talking about Shaft. I can dig it. That was a that was another lol. Yeah. So one thing about the scene that I noticed is that it's reminiscent of when Matthew got the new desk and Joe and Bill were kind of circling the desk. Yes. Like teasing yes. him about it. Yes. This felt very similar to me. Yes. We learned that Mr. James puts on motivational seminars. Yeah, he doesn't attend them. He just puts them on. To make money. Right. They paraphrase the opening scene of Patton. Yeah. Which I've never seen Patton. But you know it from culture, right? Oh, I'm sure. The general pacing in front of the enormous American flag. Yes, yep. yes. I noticed the wood and forest green color scheme in Dave's office. That really reads to me as very mid-90s. I'm, yeah. I'm very confident that we had... Hunter Green. Hunter Green. Hunter Green was yep. definitely a color in the 90s that yep. was very popular. Especially matched with a beige or a light wood or a um, yeah. kind of a, maybe not a light wood, but maybe like a richer wood grain. Cranberry. That was another color. Yeah. Hunter Green and like a cream colored. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's the color scheme in Dave's office. I like the scene where Bill throws pens at the glass in the booth to try to get Dave's attention. The guy with the beard at his desk. Yes, that's very funny. That so, was another That was another lol. There's something really funny to me about how Bill is trying to talk to Dave about the big bonus, but keeps getting distracted by the people walking up to his desk yes. and almost leaving food on yes. his desk. So we, yeah, we finally get the payoff with Beardy. He's been lurking in right. the back. I honestly did not remember that he gets called out as... He finally gets center stage. Beardy finally gets his due. The spotlight he deserves. The day in the sun. (laughs) Bill assumes he's getting the big bonus, but keeps getting distracted by watching his desk. At the end of the scene, he actually finds a bag on his desk and yells, this desk is not a steam table. And then it turns out it was just food that he had ordered. Oh, right. (laughs) Yes. I have a note here. Joe Rogan's earring makes him look like a pirate. Huh. Have you noticed? He has a gold earring in. Is it a ring? Is it I, a hoop? I believe it's a hoop, hmm. if I remember correctly. It is distracting. Hmm. And he looks, he looks, he already looks like kind of a pirate. He just is a guy who's got a piratey look about him. Yeah. But that earring is doing him no favors. Huh. I feel like in the 90s too, wasn't there a thing where it was like, whichever ear you pierced indicated your sexuality or something? Do you remember this? Yes. So there's a throwaway joke in the office. Where um, right. Mindy Kaling's character, Kelly, is piercing Andy's ear in the bathroom by using a, you know, a potato and a pin. Yeah, like an ice cube, icing it down. Right. And then you put a potato behind it. I didn't know about the potato, but then you put a um, safety pin through it. Right. Yeah. And Andy asks, are you sure this isn't the gay ear? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know which ear is the gay ear, though. Yeah. It's 2021 now. Both your ears are gay. I don't know. Or neither of them is. Yeah. Any ear can be the gay ear. We're, yeah, we've moved beyond that. Yeah, no, that was definitely a thing. Like, I told you. You asked me in one of the early... Didn't you want to have your earring... You wanted your ear pierced. You asked me in one of the previous episodes if I wanted my ear pierced. I said, yes, I did. And I was concerned. I don't think I was concerned, but I was like, that is something I have to worry about. It's like making sure it's the right one. Yeah. So you were probably like 10. I was 10. <laughs> yeah. There was a there was a boy at my school who I think was new and he like moved there and he had his ear pierced and everyone was like 
Is it the right ear or the wrong ear? Holy shit, he's got his ear pierced. Yeah. So, I remember there was a kid in third grade in my class who had his ear pierced. Whoa. He was so cool. So cool. I had a crush on him, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. And his name was Jesse. Oh, man. I know. That's a total bad boy name. I know. Un- Uncle Jesse, mm-hmm. Full House. Yeah. I know. Whew. It's getting warm. All right, the next day, it's Beth and Dave in his office. He's trying to decide who to give the bonuses to. Uh, Beth tells him, you do know that Lisa's is absolutely certain she's getting the big bonus. So that is going to be a conflict of interest. Dave confesses to Lisa that he will be giving out the big bonuses instead of Mr. James. And she says, well, it doesn't matter who gives me the big bonus. And Dave kind of uh, dances around the fact that, well, it's going to be a conflict of interest. We need to be careful what it looks like if I'm giving you uh, the big bonus over anybody else. We, we do have to be aware of how it would look. Dave, nobody knows we're dating. Well, Beth knows. Well, Beth can be dealt with. Great, so what? Eventually we'll have to whack the entire staff? Look, Dave, I deserve the big bonus, and you know it. Yes, yes. You, you do, do the math. Uh, Lisa, come on, don't do this. Come on, let's, let's talk about this. The line, Beth can be dealt with, could be read a lot of different ways. It definitely has Tony Soprano Ray. vibes. I also really like the scene where Joe comes in and vaguely threatens. I think that is where I noticed the earring. Yeah, the fact that he is the only one who knows where a switch in the office exists yes. that can turn off all power to the station. That actually reminded me of when I was in college. I used to run lights for a lot of events on campus, like concerts and things. And sometimes the performers would be very rude. And I remember thinking, like, you have no idea how much power I have. I am the one that can turn your show on and off. Did that make you feel better? To think it did. That in your head? It honestly did in some ways. Yes. <laughs> oh, Dave has a funny line where he says, Hey, Joe, you know, uh, I'm new to these parts, but where I come from, we call that a threat. Yeah, that's what we call it here too, Dave. He has real um, Joey Tribbiani vibes in this episode to me. The kind of yeah. like cheerful, like dopey, cheerful, dopey, but also vaguely sinister. <laughs> you think Joey Tribbiani is vaguely sinister? Um, I think if he were threatening somebody, it would come across both dopey oh, and sinister. Oh, sure. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if sinister is the right word, but like yeah. imposing. Maybe. Maybe. Matthew threatens to go down to Mr. James's office and tell him to his face that he better not give him the shaft. Um, he threatens to cause a lot of trouble. If he gives me the shaft one more year, there is going to be trouble. Yeah, what kind of trouble, Matthew? <laughs> Big trouble. So he grabs a <laughs> Kleenex and crumbles it up and throws that. it. That was yes. a lull. Yeah. It actually reminded, and then he throws the pillow. Yes. And it reminded me so much of our child. Absolutely. <laughs> so this is the recurring thing I'm noticing is that Matthew is like a small child. Yeah. Both the way he tries to open the door when there's something on the other side of it from a few episodes ago. And now right. he he's going, I'm now officially on a rampage. Yes. <laughs> and then... Dave stalks out of the office and Matthew immediately apologizes for the rampage. <laughs> Did you clock his sweater vest? No. Another sweater vest? Yes. And it had buttons on it. And I was thinking about oh. this. I was thinking about how you and I had a conversation about sweater vests and whether a sweater vest needs to have buttons. Because you don't think it counts if it's a, s- a sweater vest, if it doesn't have buttons on it. Is that correct? No, no. It's the other way around. I think a sweater vest does not have buttons on it. I think a sweater vest is basically a sweater that does not have sleeves, 
and maybe has kind of a v-neck and so you like wear the sweater vest over a button-down dress shirt whereas you think that anything that is a vest that is like soft material that doesn't have sleeves can be a sweater vest and that means that it can have buttons where it buttons in the front yes either either is true buttons or not buttons sure so a sweater vest is any knit top that has no sleeves and a v-neck that is the definition of a sweater vest the sweater vest may be pulled on over the head the sweater vest may have buttons in the front like a cardigan the things that make it a sweater vest are having no sleeves v-neck and matthew has worn both in this episode he's wearing one with buttons and it has kind of a cable knit pattern i feel like they would make you very hot like overheated. I mean, another way of saying that is keep you very warm, especially if it's cold outside. I guess so, but I don't think it's cold weather season right now. I guess we don't really know the seasons in the office. Well, it's April. Duh. It's mid-April. <laughs> right. To me, April is too warm for a sweater vest. Hmm. Maybe they keep the office cold. <laughs> Maybe they do. Okay, so you're probably right about the definition of a sweater vest. I don't think of a sweater vest as having buttons so that it's the kind of thing where you button in the front. That, to me, feels like it's not a sweater vest. Like a cardigan. Yeah, a sleeveless cardigan, I guess is what I I would call it. Although, no, that's probably not accurate either. Cut off cardigan. Yeah. In the next scene, there is a staff meeting about the bonuses. I just want to say that I am 100% behind whatever decisions Mr. James makes regarding the bonus. Uh, well, c- calm down, Bill. Mr. James isn't even in the building. Oh. Then why are we pretending to have a meeting? <laughs> well, because, Bill, Mr. James isn't giving out the bonuses this year. I am. Dave, before you continue, I just want to say that I am 100% behind whatever decisions you make. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Dave says he would prefer not to give anybody the shaft or the big bonus. And Bill says... This idea is both fair and democratic. Uh, Yes, it is. And I want no part of it. (laughs) It reeks of communism. It penalizes the person who most deserves the bonus. And speaking as that person, I cannot support it. Uh, Catherine comes in. She has been absent from this entire episode. She kind of passes from the news booth through the office. Uh, Dave asks her what her preference is for the bonus situation. And she says... I don't really have any opinion on this. Sorry. Dave gives her the big bonus. Congratulations, Catherine. You're getting the big bonus. Oh, come on! I'll send it for three minutes. I got it too late, Bill. That's a waste of the big bonus. She doesn't even care. Oh, well, that's kind of the point. The big bonus? Yeah. Is that good? Presumably because she's the only one of them who is not greedy and just she doesn't seem to care whether she gets it or not. Dave says that he will be taking the shaft, and Matthew says, God bless you, Dave, (laughs) which is very funny. And then Dave goes back into his office, and it turns out Catherine had just been playing them the whole time. You can drop it, Kathy. He's gone. Sorry, gang. I guess you just gotta know how to play the game, honey. I love the way she sashays away. Absolutely. That made me really happy. Also, I will give Dave credit. I think it was a... I think it was a... Stand-up move to take the shaft. Yep. It was the right move for him. That gave him a couple boss points in my book. It was actually kind of bothering me that Catherine didn't have anything to do in this episode. And then when she came down and made this move, 
And it turns out she knew that this was exactly the right way to play Dave in order to get the big bonus. I just really liked that. I really liked that she, despite not having a lot to do in this episode, she had a great 30 seconds of being on screen or whatever it was. And yes, yes, I like the way she sashays away. She got her start, according to the Wikipedia page, as a dancer. Hmm. She was a dancer, I believe, for Whitney Houston. So Hmm. uh, you can just tell she's... She's got a dancer's body. I was not going to put it like that, but I was going to say that she's very in command of her body on screen, yeah. I think. One thing that I did not like about Beth in this episode is Beth was in this background of this episode. It was like a tennis match. Have you ever noticed this? She just sits at her desk and she just watches everyone walk by smacking her gum. She just sits back there. It annoys me. <laughs> so is your complaint that she should be doing other work? No, but, like, what is she doing? Like, what is her job? What even actually is her job? She's supposed to be Dave's secretary? She's the receptionist at the station. Why is the receptionist in a back corner? She might also be Dave's secretary. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. She was really helpful to Ed. She was really helpful to Ed in the pilot episode, so my guess was that she works pretty closely with the station manager, so she might even function as his secretary. I mean, I would assume he, she's his secretary because her desk is outside of his office. But she just sits there with her feet on her desk, smacking her gum, just watching people walk by. And I get that, I guess that's her character, but I find her distracting. Maybe it's her red hair. Maybe it's her terrible wardrobe. I don't know. Maybe I will grow to have a fondness for her. Please say one nice thing about Beth, either the character or the actress. I'm sure the actress is a very nice lady. I don't know anything about the actress. Um... I guess one thing I like about Beth is that I appreciate that she's probably kind of like me, where she likes to be in the know. And that's why she's kind of around. Like, I bet she likes... All up in the mix. Yes, she's in the mix. She likes... I mean, she's the one... She's the only one that knows that Dave and Lisa's dating. So that gives her some... I don't know. Clout? Leverage? Leverage, I suppose, yeah. I think she's not... She's not malicious. That's good. Not malicious. <laughs> yeah. I think you're... Like for somebody who like has maybe is in the mix or knows things about people, she doesn't use her powers for evil. I think that's right. I think I just don't like the gum smacking. I hate to say it. I don't think that goes I probably away. come off as like kind of a priss or a prude, which I'm not, but I just find it to be so distasteful, the mm. smacking of gum like that. And I think also what I don't like about it is it's... Like, she's trying so hard to play the board secretary character. And the gum smacking, to me, seems like a very trite character trait hmm. for that mm-hmm. particular character. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on it. I'm not sure. I think I said this in even the first episode, but I'm not sure I ever really noticed or thought about it consciously, the gum thing. I don't know whether it sticks around. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Mm. I'll track it. Okay. In the next scene... Mr. James is talking to Dave and kind of reconfiguring basically all of Dave's decisions about who gets which bonuses. The only decision he agrees with is for Dave to give himself the shaft. Bill complains one last time about all the clutter on Bill's desk. So Dave takes an arm and sweeps everything all off the desk all at once, which kind of shuts Bill up. Dave walks away and looks back within 10 seconds and there is a crawler. That was pretty good. Yeah. And it was like partly eaten. That was pretty good. Yeah. I would still, I'd, I'd probably eat it. I don't know if crawler's the right word. Pastry. Donut? Bear claw? I imagine that they're 
radio station is the type of place where there's just constantly pastries and donuts that are probably stale and scones and danishes just kind of around. Yeah, when they were getting coffee, I mean, there have been times in each episode where they've been getting coffee out of that white coffee maker on the table right there in front of the news booth. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Every time I look at that, I'm like, that's probably really bad coffee. Yeah. Like, I don't think that coffee stands any chance of tasting any good. I think it's probably very bad office coffee. Right. Yeah. And that's it for the episode. That's how it ends with that shot of the pastry on the desk. Did we miss anything that you want to talk about? I got all my, all my things. Terrific. This was my favorite episode so far. Yeah? I told that to you. Yeah, this was my favorite episode so far. It was the one that I found the most amusing, I think. I just liked, I felt like both of the storylines were sort of funny and interesting. It was a good one. Yeah. Watching this again is making me think about, well, anytime you watch a show again after seeing it before, it can be surprising which parts occur in which seasons. Mm -hmm. This happened to me with Breaking Bad, the like one or two times I've rewatched it, I'm always surprised at like, oh, you don't even meet Saul Goodman until what, late season two, early season three. Yeah. And he's to me such an integral part of the cast Mm -hmm. that that's surprising or, you know, oh, that happened in season four. I didn't realize. Yeah. It's starting to, I'm surprised at what a dud season one is just in terms of the humor of this show. Like this is just not a very funny season to me so far. I've liked smoking. The episode? Yeah, that, and was, that was probably pretty good. And yeah. I've liked this episode. Yeah, I would say those are my two favorites so far. Yeah. All right. Now for our segment. Yo, it's the 90s. Kayleen. I'm was, stoked. That's whack, Kayleen. Kayleen. I'm stoked. Stop being whack. <laughs> You're harshing my buzz. <laughs> Buzzkill. Did you ever watch that show on MTV? No. Oh, there was an early prank show on MTV that was called Buzzkill. <laughs> did they say it like yes, that? Yes, they did. They absolutely did. That sounds like like Double Dare. Like yeah. Double Dare. I remember seeing it at my grandparents' house because they had satellite TV, and that was the first one of the first times I'd ever seen MTV. And I remember it being like a prank show. I just couldn't. My little nine-year-old brain just could not make sense of it. But anyway, they would do the title of it. I think it had like a chainsaw or something. It was like, buzzkill. It was like early jackass. Very, yeah. It was more like impractical jokers kind of thing, I think. Okay, so did you notice anything 90s specific in this? Um, The one thing that stuck out to me was not exactly 90s, but it was... At the end, when they were all around the conference table, there was a Shasta yep. can. Uh, I have fond memories of drinking Shasta. Really? Oh, yes. My friend, she, her family would buy it. And then when I would go to her house for a sleepover, I would get to have Shasta because my family did not have Shasta. The main thing I remember about Shasta, and was Shasta a Walmart brand? I don't think so because I don't. I don't know. I thought they sold it. I believe they sold it at Walmart, and so I associate it as a Walmart brand, but that's probably not accurate. Mm, I think I saw it at the grocery stores, though. I think mm. it was in the grocery stores, too. The thing I remember about Shasta is that they had knockoff names for each of their kinds of soda. Yes. So, like, there was a Mountain Dew knockoff. Do you remember the name and the Mountain Dew? I don't remember any of the knockoffs, but I remember, I mean, there have been so many, like, 
Dr. Pepper knockoffs. Yeah. <laughs> what Do- was it? No, I don't remember, but it was something like, you know, Alpine Fog. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, That's definitely not that it. That sounds like a gin. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Appalachian Spring or something. Well, Sierra Mist. Oh, Sierra Mist really is like Mountain Dew. Yeah. But Sierra Mist and Mountain Dew are not the, Which is funny because Sierra flavors. Mist tastes more like Sprite. Yeah. I know, it's confusing. That is confusing. Yeah. And then what the hell is Mellow Yellow? Mellow Yellow is... Oh, I don't know what Mellow... I always thought Mellow Yellow and Mountain Dew were the same. That's what I, exactly what I'm saying. And so it's strange that Sierra Mist then has the right. knockoff name of Mountain Dew when they're not the same thing at all. Right. Hmm. 90s. Also, there was a Diet Cola can on the conference table that looked like Diet Pepsi. Hmm. Their old logo. Hmm. With the stripes. Yeah. They said Stoked, which I liked. Yep. I mentioned touching the tip of the phone. That was good. To I improve never, reception. Never would have caught that. That's why I'm here. Yep. <laughs> and that's all I got. Yeah, I don't really have anything. Nothing jumped out to me as super 90s in this episode. So thank you for that. Yeah. Is it time for our game? Kayleen is doing the game this episode. I'm so excited. I'm excited. All right. I'm not going easy on you. Take it. Take us through it. You might get the shaft. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, Jordan. It is time for the game. It's a trivia round. The category is shafts and bonuses. Okay. I'm going to be asking you 10 questions. The question or the answer will have something to do with a shaft. Okay. Or a bonus. Okay. Question one. I'm so excited. <laughs> You're really good at trivia, so I tried to make these hard. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Great. I'm just stoked to not have to do the game. Yeah. So. I just want everyone to know that Jordan's posture, I would say, is ready to pounce. (laughs) I have been trying to sit in a way that my legs don't fall asleep. No, no. No, you you look ready. Here we go. Question one. A one-time payment that an employer can offer a prospective new employee as an incentive to join the company is called a... Hiring bonus. I'll allow it. Um, Sign-on bonus? Sign-on bonus or a signing bonus. Signing bonus. Okay, sure. I have never gotten one of those. I wish I could. No, that's in the news a lot right now. No kidding. Because there's such a labor shortage. Yes. Yes. I'll give you a half point for that one. Half point? Should I keep track? Maybe I should be keeping track. Yes, you should be. Okay. I'll give you a point because I'm married to you. (laughs) That's, That's my bonus. That's your bonus. Question two. This comic strip started in 1987 features an elderly curmudgeonly bus driver. Crankshaft. Very good. And actually, it's a spin-off comic strip from a different <laughs> one called Funky Winker Bean. Good night, it takes Jordan. takes place in Northeast Ohio. Good night, Jordan. <laughs> I bet there is some overlap between our listenership and the Comics Curmudgeon website, which is where a guy goes through every day and sort of like... Reads the comics and sure, basically shits on them, a lot of them. <laughs> and uh, so he does Crankshaft, but he also does Funky Winker Bean, which is how I learned huh. about it. Huh. Yeah. Should have made these harder. All right. Question number three. In the movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Clark Griswold wants to use his holiday bonus to buy his family what? An in-ground pool. Correct. But instead of a monetary bonus, what does he receive instead? 
Jelly of the Month Club membership. Very good! <laughs> that one looked like it was hard. I can never remember if it's jelly or jam. I think it was jelly. Yep. Question number five. What country has the deepest mine shaft in the world? Ooh, great question. Russia. Incorrect. The correct answer is South Africa. Really? This isn't for a point, but would you like to guess what they mine there? Was it gold? It is gold. Okay. And can you guess how deep this mine shaft is? All the way down. It goes all the way through the earth. Whoa. <laughs> 2.4 miles. Can you even fathom? I can't fathom being a quarter mile underground, let alone 2.4 miles underground. When I run, two and a half miles seems like a pretty long way to yes. run. Like, I'm not a great runner. And so, like, you know, that's a little under a 5K. The yeah. idea of being that far straight down under the earth Insane. is horrifying. Right? I'm not even a claustrophobic person, really. I know. I know. It's amazing. Crazy, right? Mm. Okay. Oh, this one's going to be easy, but you'll... Okay. You'll get this one. Also the voice of Chef on South Park, who wrote the theme song to the 1971 movie, Shaft? Oh, that is... Isaac Hayes. Very good! Oh! I thought I almost had you there. Yeah. That was good. Uh, fun fact, Isaac Hayes also was the first African-American to win an Academy Award for Best Song, which oh. he won for the theme to Shaft. Nice. Just talking about Shaft. Yeah. In the 2021 Super Bowl, the players on the winning team each won a bonus of how much? Oh, gosh. I have no idea. Fifty thousand dollars more. What? More. A hundred thousand dollars. More. Two hundred thousand dollars. A hundred and fifty thousand dollars each for winning the Super Bowl. And so there are like sixty team members on a football team. Probably. I mean, different strings. I'm. I'm not. The quarterback gets an even extra bonus on top of that. Wow. I don't even know how much it is for exactly, but yeah. So. Follow-up question sure. to that. This is question number eight. Okay. How much was the bonus for the losing players? $25,000. More. 50? More. 100? 75. Huh. So if you play in the Super Bowl, you're going to get 75K just for playing in it. I mean... Not even for... You don't even have to play the game. You just show up. With these uh, professional sports salaries, that is... A pittance. A pittance. <laughs> Chump change. But isn't that interesting? Chicken feed, yeah. I thought that was interesting. I yeah, no idea. All right, let's go. Let's go back to shafts, shall we? Preferred for its light weight, the most quality golf shafts are made of this material. Titanium. Incorrect. Ooh. Ooh. It's not a titanium alloy of some kind. No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know a lot, but I did a little bit of a dive into golf shafts for this. Mithril. Graphite. Hmm. The downside to using a graphite shaft yeah. is it's springier. Uh, you get more of a uh, wobble. Oh, okay. But it's very light. Sure. So you can swing fast. Okay. The other material is steel, hmm. which is has more heft, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have as much springiness. Mm -hmm. There's probably a golfer listening right now that is like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And they're right. And they might be right. <laughs> it's possible. 
I'll have you know, I played on the golf team for three years in school. All right, last question. On Wheel of Fortune in 1995, the big cash prize that a player could win during the bonus round was how much? It would be really helpful if I had any sense of what it is now so that I could kind of scale it back 25 (laughs) years. For inflation. Yeah. I'm going to say $20,000. Oh, you're so close. $25,000. Okay. When they would win it, a big sparkly sign would come down from the ceiling. Not bad. You got five. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. That's better than my typical average, which I think is four out of ten. That sounds about right. I hope somebody's out there crunching the numbers because I'm not. But yeah, you've gotten five before out of ten. So of the five that you got correct, three of them were about shafts. (laughs) And no, just kidding. Three of them were about bonuses. Okay. And two were about shafts. Mm. (laughs) You got to brush up on your shafts. I got That was great. Yeah, I was doing really well early on, and I got overconfident, yep. I think. Well, I Maybe you front-loaded the easy ones? I don't know. I, I've long since given up trying to predict what will be easy or hard for you when it comes to trivia. Yeah. I asked you several numbers questions, which, yeah. is, which is the tricky. Yeah. One fun fact. Do you know the German word for team? I'm sure you'll tell me. Mannschaft. <laughs> that sounds like a Klingon word. Mannschaft. So like uh, Mannschaft. Mannschaft. Klingon hole. Okay. So thank you for that game. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Now is the point in the show where we do our recommendations. Kayleen, would you like to go first or would you like me to? I can do a recommendation. I have two. We have two small children that don't like wearing sunscreen very much. Mm. And so I looked for a solution to this to see if there was a way that we could apply sunscreen to them that's more efficient. Many parents prefer the spray version because it goes on quickly. But our son, who is a little sensitive to temperature, doesn't like the cold when we do that. He doesn't like things on his face either. And I found a mineral sunscreen that you can apply with a makeup brush And both of our kids really like it. Mm. And so it has proven very effective when we go outside this summer. I was a little unsure if it actually would work or not. Like, would I put it on them and it didn't actually do anything and I'd come home and our children would be (laughs) burned. But it seems to work really well. And I like using it too because I feel like it is a way that I can wear sunscreen easily and not feel like I have goopy stuff all over my skin. So if you Google search... Uh, mineral powder sunscreen. It's a little pricey, but in my opinion, it's worth it. Protect your skin from the sun. That's excellent. That's a great recommendation. Great. Did you want to do a second one? Oh, so my other one, I went to Costco today and I got a little treat for myself. I really like these. Mommy got herself a little treat. I got a little treat. Uh, These are coconut bites. They're kind of like mounds candy bars. So I love coconut, anything coconut, but it has to be actual coconut. I do not like coconut flavoring, but I like coconut and the company is called Unreal. And I really like these because they have three ingredients. The ingredients are organic coconut, organic cassava syrup, and dark chocolate. That's it. 
We each had one right before we recorded this, and it was really good. And I'm not a huge coconut fan, but it was good. I know. I really like them. I'm going to support their company. Um, Their website is getunreal.com. I might order them from the website because I really liked it. There you go. Nice. Sunscreen and coconut. Thank you. Okay. My recommendation this week is kind of a twin recommendation. It's a dual recommendation. So we have a theme song for our podcast. It comes from a band called Troubles Afoot. And as far as I can tell, Troubles Afoot is almost solely the work of a guy named Jordan Cooper. I first was introduced to Jordan Cooper. (laughs) That makes it sound like I know him, which I barely... Barely do at all. We exchanged a couple of emails, but he has we a... We're acquaintances. We're, You're not strangers. No, we're You're, internet acquaintances. Yeah. Um, he has a podcast called Don't Let's Start, which is a podcast about They Might Be Giants. So I am a fairly large They Might Be Giants fan. I would say they're in my top five favorite bands of all time. And I have been listening to his podcast with Dave Fox for... Well over two years by now, Uh, so they just kind of go through the discography of They Might Be Giants, and I mean, they have a huge discography. They were founded in 1983, so they're coming up on 40 years of being a band, Um, and I just have learned so much, especially about the early albums, which honestly were never my favorite, the first two especially. Um, So I've been listening to them, and on one of their episodes, Jordan mentioned that he has a band called Troubles Afoot which I found on Spotify and had been listening to, and it was on my short list of uh, theme songs I wanted to use for this show. And so I reached out to him and he let us. So the theme song for our show is a song called You Say But You Don't Know. And the uh, the repeating... <laughs> Which is appropriate for us. Exactly. The, <laughs> the repeating line is, you don't know what you're talking about, which is definitely appropriate for us on this show. Uh, so yeah, he's been really gracious letting me use that. And uh, so I want to plug both the They Might Be Giants podcast, Don't Let's Start. My guess is there's probably some overlap between hmm. <laughs> news radio fans and They Might Be Giants fans in terms of just being kind of offbeat and weird. And um, <laughs> Tell me more about how you're offbeat and weird, Jordan. So if you're into They Might Be Giants like I am, go check them out. They have long <laughs> podcasts, sometimes like two or three hours long. You know, they'll spend 20 minutes talking about a single song, but Mm. they dissect it in such detail that I just learned so much. It's really cool. So, yeah, uh, Troubles Afoot is great. Jordan's been really cool. Go check both those things out. All right. Now is the point in our show where we give this episode of News Radio a rating. Kayleen, on a scale of one to five fat Louis. (laughs) I thought you were going to say uneaten pastries. Ooh, which, which would you rather do? Do you know me at all? It's uneaten pastries. Of course it is. On a scale of one to five uneaten pastries, how would you rate this episode? Um, I'd give this one a four. That may be my highest rating yet. Might be. We should keep track of these. I have a spreadsheet. I haven't. Of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I've... Yeah, I will have to keep track of this. Unless somebody out there wants to crunch the numbers and send it to me. Yeah, four stale uneaten pastries. Hmm. Uh... I always ask you, and then I always don't know what I'm going to give it. I will give this episode four uneaten pastries as well. Hmm. This is, I would say, probably the highlight of season one. This and smoking have been really good. Do we have two episodes left? We have two episodes left in season one. Okay. And from what I remember of both of them, I don't remember either of them being as funny as this. Hmm. But... Like I said, that knowledge is probably way out of date. So we've got a four and a four. 
For next time, we will be watching Season 1, Episode 6, entitled Luncheon at the Waldorf. Oh, we're going out of the station. Wait, maybe. Who knows? I mean, the Waldorf is a hotel. It's supposed to be, like, super fancy, right? It's the Waldorf Astoria, I believe. Yeah, it's a hotel, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Hmm. But based on the fact that they've literally shot nothing of this show outside of the station, I would be really surprised if they did. I believe characters go to the Waldorf for the luncheon, but we do not follow them. Hmm. Okay. For next time, watch Season 1, Episode 6, Luncheon at the Waldorf. For WKJP News Radio, this is Jordan and Kayleen signing off. The theme music for WKJP News Radio is the song You Say But You Don't Know by the band Troubles Afoot. You can check them out on Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, or wherever you find new music. Special thanks to Uncle Keith for our use of equipment and technical support. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at WKJPPod on Twitter or Instagram. You can also email us at wkjppod at gmail.com. If you like our show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts to help us find other listeners like you. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.